If you're going to do one thing better in your skincare routine, and it's the simplest thing, we've got loads of very exciting ingredients that you can try if you're a beauty junkie, but the power of hyaluronic acid should never be underestimated. This is a product that not only hydrates the skin, plumps the skin, supports the appearance of skin, whether it's fine lines and wrinkles, texture, you know, really giving you that everyday support and hydration, but it also helps your other products to work better. So if you put this on your skin, onto damp skin, um, and then carry on with the rest of your skincare routine, the products are gonna sink in deeper to the skin. Welcome to the Glam and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Takara Suet, head of partnerships at Wavebreak. On this show, we talk with leaders of beauty, fashion, and lifestyle brands. We dive into their stories, lessons learned, and perspectives on how the industry is ever evolving. Subscribe and join us each week as we glam and grow. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right, and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call. Joining me today on Glam and Grow is Colette Laxton, co-founder of The Inky List. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. No worries. Thank you for having me. Before we dive into the brand, tell me a little bit about your background and ultimately when the moment was that you had the idea for the Yankee List. So it's an interesting background. I had never planned to be in beauty, actually. Um, I was a singer, performer. I had oh, a wow. antiques business. Yeah, very, very random start. But then I was really interested in journalism and marketing. Um, and then joined uh, Boots uh, in the UK, which is, I don't know if you know, like yep. Green's kind of uh, vibes, a health and beauty retailer. And then like found this like amazing like passion for the consumer and the fact that you can really impact their lives. And it was like mind blowing to me. So I had 10 years, really kind of great formal training, really understanding the consumer and how you can impact their lives right from formulation through to kind of the end VM marketing. It was such a great learning for me. And I learned loads about, you know, how to build brands and how to connect with consumers. And then there was a bit of a moment that it's like, hang on a minute, definitely do this. Um, (laughs) So yeah, so that was how how it started and how I kind of entered beauty, really. I'm curious, some of the brands that you worked on and what were some of you mentioned you learned loads. So tell me some of the the big takeaways from that time period. What have you taken away from that time and what have you implemented in the brand today? So for me, you know, you can launch products and brands all day long. And I I was so lucky to work with some amazing brands. Number seven, you know, huge brand in the UK. And I know, you know, in the US as well. It's a real, real juggernaut of a brand and, and had so much heritage and history. And I loved working on that brand. I worked with a lot of proprietary brands and then brands that, that Boots acquired, like Soap and Glory. Um, again, phenomenal brand, you know, Marcia Kilgore, the most incredible founder. Um, and again, starting to learn about the role of founders and, and really understanding the DNA of brands. And I, I really kind of was passionate about that. I think what I learned and took from it is that you have to have a very clear why. There are so many brands and so many products out there. Unless you are really clear about, you know, what value you're going to add to this industry, just don't do it. Because I saw, you know, a plus and minus in that in that world where 
there's so many brands that you're working on and you're pumping out products and you're thinking about your year on year and making sure you're hitting the numbers and, you know, making sure that truly you're coming from that consumer first insight. That's the biggest thing I learned. And I think from the Inculus, we are maniacal about being consumer first and really adding value to them. I'm never going to launch a product just because I think it's going to sell. That's just not the way we work at all. Interesting. Tell me, first off, tell me exactly your why. I love that you're so passionate about that. And when you say you're con- consume your first, um, explain to me that a little bit more in depth. So our why at the Inculus kind of ties very much to, to me and my co-founder, Mark. Um, we both are hugely passionate about education um, and the impact that education can have in your life and, and the lack of education can, can you know, really, really hinder you. We're both from, you know, backgrounds that wouldn't necessarily allow us to go to college. Um, and we both managed to get scholarships to go, um, to, to go through college education. And it kind of opened our eyes to a different world. We were both from backgrounds, you know, my dad's a factory worker, my mum's a receptionist. You know, there was never entrepreneurial spirit in my family, you know, amazing people, but they they lived in quite a small world and we, we, I never had the opportunity to understand that there was more out there. So for me, education can really open up your eyes and empower you to make some really different decisions in your life. And we took that when we launched the Inculist. And for me, it's about how do we spread the beauty of knowledge, both in beauty and outside, but you know, within skincare, how do we spread the beauty of knowledge? Because guess what? If you understand your skin and understand ingredients and what's right for your skin, you can make the decision. I'm never going to tell anybody, you have to use this, 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 this. I hate the word regimen. It's like, I'm the anti-regimen. I just think, okay. do not prescribe somebody exactly what to do it's their choice it's their skin but if you can empower people with education and knowledge they can make their own decisions in a much more empowered way so i can bang on about this all day long but i'm really yeah, that's super really interesting passionate. i feel like that's um, the antithesis yeah, think- of what of where particularly most skincare brands i feel like maybe the direction they're coming from yeah yeah i i, I just think it's you and your skin and nobody knows your skin better than you but actually, everybody needs a little bit of help to kind of understand their skin and understand the products that might be right for them. And how are you providing that education and, and empowering people to make those decisions for themselves? How, how are you doing that? So um, from day one of the brand, um, Mark and I said to our team, and it was like a team of five, and now it's a team of 138. So it's, it's wow. a little bit harder now. Wow, um, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's it's scaled very fast, but our kind of DNA is never, ever, ever put anything out to the consumer unless it's knowledge first. So if you pick up one of our packs, we will tell you how to pronounce the ingredient. We're going to tell you who it's for. We're going to tell you where it goes in your routine. We've even got symbols that say a sun and a moon. You know, the simplest things that you can do to just help that consumer understand you know, where do I use it in my routine? Is this product right for me? So that's one thing, just even on packaging. And inside our packaging, if you open up our kind of cartons, we've got then even further information then if you kind of want to peel that onion and go, okay, so what's hydration versus moisturization? And we kind of really start to kind of peel that onion of information. Um, But kind of closest to my heart is um, we have a a service called Ask Inky. uh, And this is a team of 
skincare experts that are available um, globally and they're available whenever you like and however you like. So if you want to DM them, if you want to live chat, if you want to email, WhatsApp, our team are there for you when and where you need. So if you're at your bathroom cabinet saying, okay, I just bought this product, but I'm already using this. Can they work together? I don't know. Or, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. Can I use the products that I'm currently using? For me, that personal knowledge really needs that personal support. So we have this service and shock horror, it's completely free. And anybody can access that service. You don't have to buy an inky product. Wow. And we even have a list of brands that we recommend. So it's not all about inky. It's about you and your skin. Very interesting. Okay. I definitely want to dive more into branding and product for sure. I love the sun and the moon detail. I think that's brilliant, but tell me about how you met Mark and how you have initially got this off the ground to the point where you scaled from five to 130 plus employees. That's tell me the whole process. Cause you've done it in such a short amount of time. Yeah. So it was wild, really. We're a, we're a LinkedIn love story, actually. Um, a so real love Mark story? actually, <laughs> that's the cutest thing that's like a netflix movie (laughs) (laughs) that's so cute um so we had worked at boots uh we didn't work together but mark had previously worked at boots so mark's actually a, a virologist biologist so he's a scientist by background he was then a science teacher which again feeding into that love of education um and then he moved into fmcg so we both worked at boots and then he literally linked and messaged me and said hey i heard great things about your boots i'm going to start this business you know fancy meeting for a coffee it's the best coffee I ever had, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, so that was it. So, so from that day forward, it was um, it was a real meeting of the minds. Mark is effervescent, um, creative genius. You know, he's got ideas. He's got you know the science. He knows everything about the formulas, and he's wild. But taming that <laughs> and creating something that truly speaks to the consumer is where I came in. So the the kind of meeting of minds was, you know, how do I channel all this incredibleness and then make it something that people will truly understand? And and yeah, the two of us together kind of were like, this is this is something pretty special here. Um, but we actually had four brands before at the Inky List. Um, oh wow! So we kind of yeah we like we kind of liked this idea of an mvp model where you test different channels you test different categories you test different types of and speaking to the consumer personality types etc etc to get some products out there because guess what you can have the right product the right category the right price the right formula and it can be the wrong time or you can have the right time and the wrong packaging. You know, there's a million different reasons that brands and products do and don't work. And for us, it was like, how do we just get that minimal viable product out there, test and learn with the consumer and learn? And we learned in a big way. And then when the Inky List came out, day one was like, boom, because we'd really honed the why. Mm. We'd really honed what we were trying to do and all the learnings and mistakes and, and, and failures that, that we'd had with the previous brands, we were able to then channel that and really make the Inculus a success from day one. 
That's so interesting. I'm so I'm so glad you bring that up. So without um, harping on that too much, I'm curious, were those four brands sort of in preparation for the inky list and you were ironing it out or you went full steam ahead on each of them and they just didn't work? Oh, wow. Um, so it didn't work is is an interesting one because one of them actually was doing pretty well. We were in a number of high profile retailers, but it was quite interesting because we were in the bathing category. And it was a great brand. Everybody loved the products. We had a major deal just about to sign with with one of the biggest retailers in the US, actually. Um, But the frequency of purchase was the issue. So it was was a product that you used in the bath, um, but it was also quite like a luxury. You'd use it every now and again. So that frequency of purchase wasn't there. And we kind of were selling it really well and then going, Oh, and then we've got to acquire another new customer because maybe that customer might use it three times a year. And actually learning in that category that although we had a brilliant brand, brilliant product, and it was really getting traction, we were never really going to be able to get it off the ground. So actually moving into skincare and having that daily usage occasion was a real game changer for us. So I would say those four brands all had a had a place. We had an Amazon brand um where wow. we, we literally we had a DT. yeah oh we, we we really tested and played in loads of different categories um and we we thought each one was great but there was always something that wasn't quite hitting right um so in hindsight they were preparing us for the inky list but we didn't realize the inky list would be the one that would yeah spark. yeah and it's interesting you need you know like you mentioned all of these all the stars to align, right. For this to, to really work. And I appreciate you sharing this because I think so many people are just like, you know, probably think you started this, you just hit the ground running. It was easy. So to speak. Um, I'm curious how long of a time frame was, were those four brands? And then, um, from the moment you started the inky list to the moment it really took off, how long of a period was that? So we were very quick. Um, we were kind of quite hungry and just went for it. So I think we had, I think it was like a two year period that we'd launched four brands in, um, which is wow. pretty wild. I think there was five. And expensive, so I was, would imagine. Yeah. Well, we're quite smart in that because we'd had the background of retail, we kind of understood how to get really great, you know, manufacture runs. And we were quite kind of smart in the way that we did it. The whole idea of the MVP is like, do not overbuy, do not overinvest, test, like test really, really fast, fail really fast and learn really fast and implement those changes. And I think my biggest, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, my biggest piece of advice I would give to people is don't get locked into what you think is the best and and just stick with it. If a consumer is not feeling it, there's something wrong. You might love it and think it's the best thing and it's the best packaging and the best design and the best formula. If you're getting bad reviews, listen. Because, you know, ego can can really feed a lot of bad behavior for me in, in terms of brands. Whereas if you're listening and learning and changing and implementing, for me, that agility and that ability to kind of stand back and say, this isn't working or yeah. we need to change that. I think actually a, a huge, a huge learning that people should kind of take. I, I think that's incredible advice. And for anyone listening who's on their entrepreneurial journey or thinking about it, I'm curious, you mentioned, you know, sort of cut your losses quickly. Like I'm curious, even from a manufacturing standpoint, like what minimums did you start with and and what were your, your 
sort of hard line items for, okay, this isn't working. Like it's time to pivot. You know, sometimes people kind of drag their feet. <laughs> um, we, we oh, at a high we, level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're quite quick. I would say, um, just to add an example, even with the ink list, um, we changed our wording on packs for the first five print runs we did. Like I based on I reviews or or how were based you based on um, consumer feedback? Um, okay. Even testing with our friends and family, we were like, "Try this new product," and someone was like messaging me like, "Oh, how do I use it?" And I'm like, "It's on pack," and she's like, "I don't understand." I'm like, "Okay, we got a problem." You know, the the sun and the moon actually came from that wasn't until. Oh, that wasn't until our second print run because Mark's dad, uh, Mark went into his dad's bathroom first time ever using skincare and he'd got a Sharpie and put a sun and a moon on his pack. Oh, so that's he knew so to use it. <laughs> He's helping people all over the world. <laughs> that's, exactly that's that. um, so I think, but you know, the, the previous brands, you know, you, you desperately want things to work. And, and there's like this weird, like you have to be a little bit psychotic to be an entrepreneur because you've got to believe <laughs> wholeheartedly that this is it. Um, but then also believing that this is it, but then kind of going, this isn't working. Um, you know, within, within the first six months, you know, one of the brands we were like, We'd sold it into retail. We were really excited about it. It was working well on social, but the sell through wasn't there. And I think for me, a lot of entrepreneurs think that when you get listed in retail, we did it. <laughs> that is literally the start. I think the understanding your sell through with your retailers as quickly as you possibly can and really chasing for that. So, you know, really demanding that weekly sales. Um, you know, you know. You know, from day one, you know, you know, it, it's hard when you're an unknown brand with, you know, so much noise, but in a few weeks, you will know if you've got something that's going to hit or not. Yeah, that is so and, and interesting. Okay. So let's dive <laughs> into the the inky list deeper. Um, talk to me about, you, you know, you mentioned the why, but what was your initial idea for the products? What did you launch with? And talk to me about the development process. Although it sounds like you already had your manufacturer um, set to go, but what was the process of, of development? And then how quickly did you know it was your, your win? Oh, lots of questions. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. So I asked way too many, way too many at once. That's my fault. I'm sorry. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. To Inky, um, that the aha moment of, of why we wanted to start this brand. Um, we were ironically back we were on a flight from Toronto to the UK. Flights are very good places to think actually. <laughs> Um, so we'd just come back from a, a retailer visit to kind of talk about one of our other brands and we were sat on a plane and we were looking at and, and having a chat about Reddit and how that there was this kind of new platform and we were really interested in it because it was really putting consumers at the heart of it for the first time. You know, they, they weren't being sold to, brands weren't on there. And we could see a lot of conversations and the threads, the, the millions of threads are on skincare, on Reddit, and people talking to each other, sending photos of their skin saying, hey, does anybody know what this is? Or, hi, I've just bought this product from this retailer. Any idea, like, what's in it? And it was fascinating to me that people were using each other to try and answer their skincare questions. And actually brands weren't, one, weren't helping, but two were fueling the problem. And there was such a lack of transparency at that point. You know, 
if you bought a product off a retailer brand website, they didn't even show you the inky. Isn't that wild? In 2017, 2018, you, you couldn't find out the inky until you got the product. When you oh. say the inky, like the, what do you what do you mean by that exactly? If anybody's confused by that. <laughs> Very good. And that's why we call the inky list. Um, so the the list of ingredients. Okay. So the list of ingredients that in, in every product, you wouldn't even know. So people are there going, hey, I'm allergic to this or this doesn't go well for me. Is it in this product? So there was a lack of transparency and there was consumers talking to each other. And we're like, hey, there's a gap. There's a massive gap here for a brand that can say, hey, we got you. We're here for you. Let us help you. Let us help you through your skincare journey. So we started with a very, very clear mission, which was to spread the beauty of knowledge to the world. That's That was our kind of mission. We didn't start with, let's launch hyaluronic acid and retinol. We launched with, let's bring some knowledge to the world. And how you facilitate that is, as I said, through the service, through the packaging. But from a product standpoint, we said, what's the easiest way to break down skincare? Single ingredients. If, if you can kind of get rid of all the fill, all the jazz, all of the magic products, you know, if we said, hey, this is hyaluronic acid, this is what hyaluronic acid is, this is what it's going to do for you, this is who it's for, and this is how you use it and when you use it, it doesn't sound revolutionary now, but in 2018... It, it actually still does to me because I often, I even find myself in, you know, trying different products and stuff. I mean, and I, I feel like I have a pretty decent amount of knowledge. Still, sometimes I'm a little confused how much, when, where. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I'm surprised that brands are still not, you know, on, even on some, you know, competitive packaging, I'm like, literally how do you use it? And and it's, it's mad to me that it's, it, we're still not there. But I think for me, that was, we were so clear from day one and, you know, we're five years old, uh, literally two weeks ago. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Not, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed about our mission. Nothing's changed about our wife. We are still on that same mission. And we just did a study and 70% of people are still confused about skincare. Yeah. I I'm actually not surprised to hear that at all, because like I said, I, I find myself sometimes confused. So um, I'm curious, you mentioned nothing's changed. Has the packaging evolved at all or the brand looks exactly the same as when you first launched? Do you know what? I, I designed that packaging on PowerPoint. Wow. Wow. I, I, I mean, it's, it's yeah. simple. It's easy to read. Like it's, it's great. It came from a functional place and we got a freelance designer to kind of, because I can't design for the life of me. I just knew what I wanted, which is functional for, for, for everybody genuinely. I want this to be in everybody's bathroom. I don't care if you're young, old, you know, uh, um, age, sex, whatever. You, you, This is for everybody. And how do we make it as intuitive and as simple as possible? Um, we haven't changed the packaging in five years, which again is, is quite surprising given the the trends and, you know, everything that's gone on in the industry. Um, I, I'm sure at some point we will need to update it. But for now, it's doing the job, which is supporting and helping simplify skincare. Yeah. Um, for anyone listening who hasn't, who's not familiar with the brand, who hasn't tried it, um, I'm curious if there's any ingredients you, you want to highlight um, and what your hero product is. 
Um, so you're going to have to stop me because I get far too excited about this product. Um, and I have mentioned it already, actually. Um, if you're going to do one thing better in your skincare routine, and it's the simplest thing, we've got loads of very exciting ingredients that you can try if you're a beauty junkie, but the power of hyaluronic acid should never be underestimated. This is a product that not only hydrates the skin, plumps the skin, supports the appearance of skin, whether it's fine lines and wrinkles, texture, you know, really giving you that everyday support and hydration, but it also helps your other products to work better. So if you put this on your skin onto damp skin um, and then carry on with the rest of your skincare routine, the products are going to sink in deeper to the skin. So for me, you know, especially with the inky list, you know, it's under $10 for $10. You can, oh, we're going to talk about that <laughs> for sure. You can hydrate and support your skin, but also make everything else in your routine work harder. So for me, like that's just so simple. Do one thing better, add a hyaluronic acid serum after cleansing job done. Yeah, that's amazing. We're definitely going to talk about price point for sure. That's definitely something I want to highlight and go in depth with. But I'm just curious before we move on from ingredients, how you initially decided which ingredients you wanted to, you know, you mentioned the transparency on the packaging. What drew you to certain um, ingredients? And was that something you sort of did consumer first testing? Or did you just sort of go with what you thought was missing in the market or just was unclear? So when we launched the brand, we had kind of a philosophy of, of two kind of banks of products. One is get the basics right. So the hyaluronic acids of the world, the retinols, the caffeines, you know, those products that are tried, tested and true. But let's help educate on those because people are going, I think I need retinol. I'm a bit scared about it. I don't know how to use it. So we were kind of trying to educate in that space. And then we said, and how do we play in, in some more interesting and exciting ingredients? You know, Mark is in the lab daily, getting excited, seeing new things. He's very into reading research as well and really understanding what are those new things that are coming through that are starting to get the testing and the research behind them. So we wanted to, to offer something for everybody. So we had, you know, 10 ingredients that were very, very kind of core, basic. Let's really help the beginners. And then we were building out those interesting innovation ingredients like the tranexamic acid of the world, polyglutamic acid. We, we, were, we were very, very early to those ingredients and saw the power of those, which now, you know, you can see in a lot more, more different brands. So that was our um, initial kind of choice of lineup. But, you know, having Ask Inky, and we also have um, a recipe builder on our website, which supports you in choosing what products are right for you which 5 million people have gone through. Um, actually, we've now wow. got huge amounts of data, which means that we can really use consumer insight to make any decisions. So, wow, we're finding so many people are coming to us with acne-prone skin that's also dry. Okay, that's a biggie. How do we, you know, there's acne-prone skin, acne products out there, there's, there's hydration products out there. You know, how do you work on something that can do do both. So using consumer insight is very, very, very important to us now. But in, you know, in, in the early days, it was, you know, what do we feel, you know, it, is, is best to kind of launch with, but we had 15 products when we launched. You were 15 when you launched and where, what are you at today? I honestly couldn't tell you. I know. I, I think say, there's a lot. I would, 
I think there's a lot. I would say around, I think around 40-ish, um, what we have like in retail, so in like our Sephora unit, I think there's about 25. Um, what we try to do is help that navigation because there's so many different skin concerns. You know, those 25 products, I think there's 14,000 combinations of recipe on our website. So oh. you can be quite tailored to you and your skin because everybody's got something so different. So you need a wide range of ingredients, but also, you know, you need to try to help navigate and make it as easy as possible for people to find the right thing for them. Yeah. I would think someone would be able to find the perfect combination for them and in 14,000 um, <laughs> options. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Um, what's also incredible, highly, highly accessible price point. I mean, from what I saw on the website, I think the most expensive product is about $17.99 or 20 to maybe $20. Um, so the price point's incredible. Talk to me about how, if that was part of the initial plan and, and how you're able to, to keep the price point so accessible and, and what that means for you as a brand to be able to offer it to, to more people. You're exactly right in what you say. Um, our brand is about delivering the power of knowledge to everybody. If we're going to kind of empower and give everybody the knowledge to know what's right for them, we want everybody to be able to access that. So what we did is worked really, really hard. We are a premium brand. We are a prestige brand and our products are prestige quality. So our challenge was how do we get the quality for the price? Now, because Mark and I have worked in beauty and we understand manufacturing and retail, we were able to work a little bit differently. So our supply chain, we go to the raw material suppliers as well as manufacturers. So it means Separately. we're buying direct so we can be. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. So it means we can be smarter in the way that we're buying things. Look at our packaging. We've never claimed to have rose gold or glass or, you know, anything that's super fancy. And people think our products are deluxe size sometimes. And we're like, no, no, no. It's the same size. It's just functional packaging. And I think for me, where we love to invest is really getting the formula. You know, it's functional packaging with an incredible formula. So we make choices. In, in where to spend the money. And um, we're smart. We're really, really smart in the way that we spend money because it's so important to us that everybody can have access to really prestige skincare. Yeah, that that is so interesting. I've never heard anybody say that. Speaking of, you know, going to the raw material separately, I'm curious, was it difficult to find a manufacturer that was open to that or, or they were totally cool with no. it? We've got really great partners um, and they kind of co-develop the formulas with us and we are super open with manufacturers and suppliers. We're, we're very lucky. And again, everything about the Inky list is transparent. So the back end to the front end, we're a B Corp, you know, everything is completely transparent. Um, we're, a, we're a business that's trying to be a force for good. And that means our suppliers also need to be a force for good as well. And they work with us in probably quite a unique way, I'd say. I love that. That's that's incredible. I've never I've never heard that before. If you listen to this podcast, you likely know that Shopify is the go-to e-commerce platform, helping millions sell to billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing in person at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. 
With Shopify POS, you can take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. The best part? With Shopify POS, effortlessly unite your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash glam, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash glam to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash G-L-A-M. Now back to this episode. Um, let's talk about global expansion or correct me if I'm wrong. When you initially launched, did you launch in the UK or were you in the U S from the get go? Um, and then talk to me about global expansion and retail partnerships like Sephora. I'm asking you way too many questions, but you're just giving me so much. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so day one, we launched in the UK, um, and our kind of initial launch quantity that we'd planned to last us about six months lasted us four weeks. Um, so from the get-go, we were like, whoa, okay. And I had retailers ringing me on day one saying, I need your brand. Can we stock your brand? Um, which was which was crazy from day one. And um, how were they finding out we, about you? How, how did so, they? So um, we went on the hustle before we launched and we hit every kind of journalist, editor, and really told the story of our why. Um, but literally pitched up, sat on the floor, got a load of formulas out. You know, we are black and white as our packs, you know, really kind of low key. And 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 the, the industry just lapped it up. And we had insane amount of coverage on day one. And everyone was talking about the brand. So the retailers were like, hey, this is something really interesting. Um, we were in Sephora US within six months wow. of the brand launch which is absolutely phenomenal I can only thank Artemis Patrick for seeing something in us really early on and you know asking us to be a a partner exclusive brand with them um we then launched globally with Sephora exclusively and within one year had launched into 26 countries which gives me hives even thinking back to that time (laughs) it's crazy very quick very quick Okay. So many things. So, I mean, first off, you know, you, you talk about your journey on, on the four other brands, how, you know, six months you were decades in theory behind where you were at with this. I mean, how did that feel to go so far in, in such a short amount of time? Stressful. <laughs> That's the only word I can remember. Yeah. It was highly stressful. I think I totally underestimated what it takes to, to truly be a brand in in a in a in a retailer like Sephora. They are phenomenal. They work with the best brands in the world. And here was us, you know, two people with a with an idea and some products kind of going, great, let's go. And they're like, right, okay, we need a review program. Where's your content? Let's get you in stores. Like it was mammoth. Um, so I think from day one we were we were kind of overwhelmed. And then we spent three years trying to catch up um with ourselves just to try to breathe it it was it was wild and then COVID hit um so we were two less than two years into launch when COVID hit so then the world went crazy again um so yeah expand the, the expansion I would say um do not underestimate 
do underestimate what you have to do um, in if you want to expand globally. And we weren't there. We were in the UK. We didn't have a team in the US. We were flying backwards and forwards to San Francisco, you know, every few weeks. And it was wild. Yeah, I bet you you uh, being transparent about having a hive sounds very accurate. Um, I'm curious from an operational standpoint, how did you do this? Did you raise money? Did you hire a, a certain key team member or team members that enabled you to do this? So we were very, very lucky that we were able to get the most incredible um, investment partners um, that kind of believed in us from day one. Um, so they've been on that journey with us kind of going, oh, my goodness, what's happening next? Oh, my goodness. Failing <laughs> um, faster than any of us planned. Um, so, yeah, we were, were very lucky to get investment early on and, and have had you know hugely supported supporting investors. Um, we took the very, very bold move to do manufacturing and warehousing in the U.S., um, very, very quickly as well. We, we kind of moved, we moved operations into the US to launch with Sephora, which again, finding a warehouse in three months was, um, setting it up, getting everything to Sephora was, was wild. Um, I think from a team standpoint, we tried our best to run the brand from the UK, but it just wasn't feasible. And very quickly, we had a, a team in the US that, kind of really, really nurtured the Sephora relationship and make sure that we're, we've got feet on the ground. So that was a huge investment very, very early on. Um, so we've got like 20 people in our in our New York office now. Um, but at the time, I think we had like three guys that were just making sure that everything landed. I'm not sure with, with a, in the US that you could do it any differently. I don't think you could run it from the tiny island that is the UK. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's given us challenges because we're now a global brand and a global team. So, you know, we have to, to try and try and make that work as well. And early on, it was, it was um, challenging, especially when COVID uh, joined us. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious, did you temporarily move to the US or you were doing everything remotely? No, I, we didn't move, but we probably should have done. Um, but again, we were trying to set the team up and everything in the UK as well. I was on a plane a lot um, and still am actually. But yeah, it was it was just going backwards and forwards and trying to set it up and support um, as best we could. Yeah, that's incredible. And then so just touching on COVID, it's, it's interesting. These conversations used to talk about COVID a lot. And I feel like I'm so glad we pivoted a little bit from it because it's it's crazy. It's been like three and a half years now. But um, how did you adjust during that time, and and how have you sort of sort of caught up with all of the challenges and COVID? Do you feel like you've caught up, and how have you maybe forecasted differently as a result of of COVID? COVID was um, at a really interesting time for us because we had just started to get our feet on the ground and really start to become a brand um, of, of note, um, especially in North America. And um, COVID accelerated the brand times 10. Everybody was at home with no makeup to buy, bored. Yeah. And they wanted knowledge. And all of a sudden they were like, I'm going to get some skincare a go. Like I'm at home. I might as well give my, it was I think we were all desperate for an at-home facial. <laughs> exactly that. And, and also the, the, the kind of the why of the brand of that knowledge, you know, Mark and I were doing Instagram lives, you know, all the time. We'd spend an hour 
with a glass of wine chatting oh, to consumers like, they they look forward to it they were like it's this is my entertainment like I'd sit down <laughs> have my dinner have a glass of wine and they'll like sit and chat with us and talk about skincare and we'd give them we'd get people on the live and it was just a time where people were hungry they were sat on their phones wanting content wanting education and wanting some connection um so we actually found that time really really powerful for us as a brand um obviously moving from bricks and mortar into solely digital it was wild we just launched onto tiktok as well so timing wise it was just bonkers um i think for us the the transition out of covid's been really challenging you know the digital space is very odd at the minute you know it's it are people are browsing online but they're now back in stores where do you invest as a brand i think it's a really interesting time for for business owners to kind of navigate the post covid we almost got used to 100% digital we know right. where we're at consumers are there and they want to consume and then now they're off they're, they're living their lives again so how do you place value in their lives like how how can we support and help them when they're busy again um so for me yeah this this moment's probably a bit more of an interesting challenge for us interesting uh you have this brilliant mission and this why and you know you mentioned the instagram lives and and these creative things that you've done but from a marketing standpoint how do you think you've best um communicated what the brand stands for this why to consumers and from a channel perspective what's you know you mentioned the shift in in digital and people going back to their lives what's been working for you as of late so i think for us we are a very human brand and we've always tried to offer support so i think we've used each channel for its for its kind of strength so we launched as an instagram brand and long form content was fantastic for us you know we could really educate in a really meaningful way and then tiktok came and then it's like 3 seconds and you're done so then it was okay how how do we like as a brand educate and it was much more about entertainment how do we really excite and entertain people while we're educating them so tiktok's been mind blowing from a reach perspective you know we're reaching far more people i think we reached a billion views on tiktok last year wow um which is, yeah which is, <laughs> which is incredible yeah so TikTok's been phenomenal for us, but I think it's the it's the how we've done it. I think we've really driven, you know, that educational piece. Um, but it's about connection and, and community is really important to us. Um, and as of late, uh, Mark and I have been on a bit of a world tour, meeting consumers, meeting people, hosting events, teaching, doing masterclasses. And for me, like getting back in real life with people I think is 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 what people want. So yeah, it's been it's been a it's been an interesting few months really learning about how they want to be spoken to, how they want to be educated. But I think community and building that real advocacy, not just, hey, can we give you twenty thousand dollars and you can post about our product? I just <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one, that one really, that one really gets me. So how do you feel that you make people feel um, more included and really build that community from like an authentic place, I guess would be the way to describe it. Because we care. We genuinely care. And our asking key services for everybody, you don't have to buy a product. We genuinely come from a place of, of care. And, you know, we, we had recently a, 
a consumer come to us and they had a huge allergic reaction. And our team were like, okay, we're going to get all over this. We're going to get a derm sent to them. We're like, you know, can you send us the batch number? And they sent us the batch number. Um, and we're like, we don't recognize the batch number. Can you send us a photo of the product? It wasn't an inky list product. So we're like, oh, so, so, so sorry. Um, like, it, this isn't the inky list. This is another brand. And they said, oh, I know, but I just trust you with my skin. And I, I'd love for you to help me out. <laughs> um, okay. So that, that's an interesting feedback. I, I'm glad that they felt like that, but that must, did that stress you out? Give you more hives for five minutes? <laughs> like, obviously we sent them back to the brand to, to discuss the product issue. But for me, that's the ultimate wow. compliment that, yeah. that we've created a safe space where people trust us to look after their skin. So I think as long as we keep that authenticity about truly we're here to educate and support you, that that comes yeah. across and and the stories that we've got of consumers that have gone on skincare journeys with us is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean you're really going above and beyond. I think that's I think that's wonderful that people feel that they can come to you, but I'm glad it wasn't your your product. Um although <laughs> I would Yeah, although I would imagine like let's say in, you know, a uh 0.001% somebody has some sort of reaction. I mean, I think it would be almost impossible as a brand to make sure 100% of consumers never have a reaction, but um yeah, I'm glad I'm glad it wasn't your product and I'm glad, you know, you can ask about what batch so you can kind of really get down to the the business of is it is there something wrong with the product? What does that look like? So, wow, that's that's really interesting. Um what's been the most challenging part of building the business? I know we've mentioned a few challenges, but I'm curious what's what has been the most challenging and is there anything you would have done differently in retrospect looking back? I think, you know, we we have touched on it, but I think scaling so quickly, we underestimated, you know, we we had a philosophy where we kind of start it yes and then find a way to make it happen. Now, we always do, and the surprising thing for me is we always manage to do it. But in retrospect, sometimes saying yes to everything isn't necessarily the right thing to do. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we'd said yes. Um, and I wanted the, to grow the brand. We had such a momentum so early on. I was like, yeah, let's grow, let's build. But ultimately, if you're not set up for success, you know, you've got to be mindful of that, whether that's team, do you have the right processes and structures in place? No, you know, with from a retailer perspective, you're launching, you're getting them excited. Are you going to be able to support them long term? Because doing a great launch plan, everybody can do. Yay, we're going to be out there, we're going to be supporting, we're going to be doing the PR. Da, da, da. What about six months down the road? Can you truly hand on heart say you can support that retailer? Because to my point earlier on getting that continual sellout data, it's hard work. And I would say if you're going to say yes to any opportunity as you're scaling your business, just make sure you can truly deliver. Over-promising and under-delivering is, is probably the thing I hold true in my head now, <laughs> having yeah. been through a crazy five years. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to hear a little bit more about your partnership with, with Mark from a personal standpoint, a business standpoint. How have you guys been able to build such a successful business and, you know, keep maybe certain things separate and, and really uh, keep it together on this really difficult uh, journey. I will say um, the positives outweigh the negatives. Um, I would say how anybody is a sole founder, I will never understand because 
you hit some seriously low points as an entrepreneur and having someone that truly understands, you know, having a partner is great, but somebody that's on that journey with you that feels those highs and lows as much as you do is, is really powerful and really, well, I needed it because there were times when I was on the floor and you know what, there was PR calls where, you know, I just physically couldn't do it. And Mark was like, I've got this. Or a meeting that Mark couldn't attend. I've got this. You know, there's a partnership there. Um, but I have thrown my laptop at him a number of times. So, <laughs> Have you ever had a moment where you've both just had such a differing opinion and then ultimately like who wins or you typically end up really on the same page? Oh, yeah. There's some really fundamental like things that we've disagreed on. Like Mark is is an innovator and continually wants to launch like 50 products at a time. And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. We can't support it. We need to, you know, really, truly come from a consumer perspective. And he's like, but it's amazing. So there's a lot of like battles in terms of product (laughs) launches. And, and even that slowing down piece of, you know, let's not say yes to everything. You know, we both have different things that we get overexcited about. Um, But we generally, once you've kind of had the argument and you've got like everything out there, I think fundamentally we both come from a place where we are coming from a place of wanting to do well and wanting the business to succeed. So even if you disagree, you can kind of sometimes say, okay, I don't agree, but I get it. And I get why you want to do it. But then I will be that asshole that's like, well, you can manage that then. <laughs> so um <laughs> well hopefully you don't end up proving each other right or wrong right because at the end of the day you know the success of the business and and you guys collaboratively is, is obviously what matters whether a computer is thrown or not <laughs> that's so funny yeah that, um, was, um, that, la- that laptop throwing was um in covid and we couldn't even get out the house because we couldn't it was locked down i so mean wasn't everyone <laughs> Was the, I think everyone was throwing a laptop during that time. So that doesn't really sound that crazy. Uh, I think I people would have thrown it at uh, themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Love That's it. so funny. Um, what advice beauty or non-beauty related would you, would you give your younger self? Um, as somebody that has always had imposter syndrome and I think I I, th- I think especially as I kind of got to CEO level, I didn't necessarily feel like I knew enough and I wasn't worthy. Um, I would say if you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to. Really, they're not. And it's a big, bad world out there. And yes, you might in the background, you know, not feel it, but you truly have to show it and you have to put your big girl pants on and you have to get out there and not everybody knows the answers. And I've learned that a lot the last five years, you know, I always think other people know better or they have the right answers and I don't, it's, it's not the case. It's really, I say that to a lot of our junior team, you know, they think you get it all figured out as you, you know, go through your career. No, everybody's winging it. They really are. And I think you have to have that self-belief and confidence that, okay, I might not get it right, but you know what? I'm doing it and I'm giving it a go. And I wish I'd known that earlier. Yeah, I love that. Uh, What's your best tip or trick for being your most productive self and and managing everything? I live off adrenaline, which I don't know is the best piece of (laughs) 
advice I would give. But I, and where do you get that adrenaline from? <laughs> what's what's your routine to have the energy? Or you're it's, just like that? It's a passion. I think if you're truly doing what you love, you know, I'm really tired a lot of the time. But as soon as I'm on here, you know, I'm like, I can't wait. Yeah, to you have infectious everybody. energy. Absolutely. But that's that's I think if you're doing something that you truly believe in and truly love, that that will that will come across. Um, but no, I don't have any secrets to energy, although I've just started taking magnesium. But good to know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see where that goes. But no, no, there's no secret other than do what you love, have passion for what you're doing, and it will come across. Yeah, I love that. Uh for my final question, what's next for yourself and the brand? I want to highlight you just launched a plumping lip balm. If you want to tell me a little bit about that. And then yeah, I'm curious, anything else you have on the horizon? Yeah. So from a brand standpoint, we launched our first lip product. So it's a tripeptide plumping lip balm. So the idea behind that is it's science, not irritation. So a lot of lip plumping products irritate and tingle and sting the lips. Um, we're coming from a skincare angle. So it's it's plumping the lips over time. Um, and it's been a phenomenal success. It's gone viral. It's been four weeks now. We are pretty much out of stock in over the globe. It's um it's it's very exciting. It's been a, it's been a really great launch coming from a consumer insight that everybody is in a mindset of wanting plumper lips. You shouldn't have to have fillers. Or you shouldn't have to use products that irritate and sting the lips to get there. That was why we did it. And turns out that's what people want. Yeah. So, was Mark really excited all. about that one? <laughs> or was that, or was that you? Because I feel like there yeah, was such a gap for that. That was me. Um, I'm a huge red lip wearer. I'm, I'm wearing it right now. Um, but I've got very, I've got a very thin um top lip. And I always have, and I've always been quite conscious of that. Um, so for me, this was a real labor of love and, and a product that I'm personally very, very excited about. Yeah, that's so exciting. And I and I agree. I'm not speaking negatively of any other products, but they do. They do sting. And yeah, there should be, you know, there needed to be an alternative to um, fill your lips without, without getting filler for sure. And then, yeah, is there anything else yeah. you can share newly upcoming for the Inky List or for yourself? So I think our mission still stands. We want to support as many skincare journeys as possible. We want to continue spreading knowledge. And I'm excited. You know, we're just entering this world of, you know, getting closer to our community. And I think, watch this space. I think 2024 is going to be a very exciting time for the Inky List and how we start to spread this mission wider and get people to know we're here for you. And if the louder we can get, the more people we can help, the more people are empowered with their skin. I mean, what more could you want than that? And and are you looking, just as I asked you more questions, uh, to just go deeper in certain markets or continue to span, expand across markets that you're not currently in? No, I don't think we will expand into other in other markets yet. I think there's such a big job to do in the markets that we're in. I think we've only scratched the surface. You know, I was visiting the Nordics recently and was blown away by their hunger for skincare. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, we've, we've barely scratched the surface of what we can do in that country. Middle East is going wild. There's so much we can do. Even in North America, you know, 
from an awareness perspective, we've got so far to go. So for me, I want to double down. I want to build the brand. Um, and then I'm sure Mark will get um, twitchy and want to launch somewhere else soon. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, I also just want to highlight too, that you also have um, hair products as well. If you want to touch on that as well, it's, it's not, or I guess you consider the hair to be skincare, hair care as well. You do. And again, that was a, a real why. So it's kind of really rooted in scalp care um, because, you know, the, the skin on your face doesn't end when it hits the hairline and understanding your scalp and the issues that you're facing with your scalp and your hair was something that was really exciting to us. And when we launched our salicylic acid scalp treatment, that blew up because not a lot of people know that a lot of the root cause of dandruff and flakes is actually greasiness and oiliness. So overproduction of oil causes dandruff, whereas you would think that would be a dry scalp, right? So yeah, actually you would think that. Edu- yeah, so starting to educate on the scalp, what's happening on the scalp and what ingredients are right for you in your scalp, again, was, was a real game changer for people. Yeah, I love that. Okay, I'm going to actually let you go now. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story. It was amazing. Uh, For anyone listening who wants to find out more information on yourself and the Inky List, where can I direct them? So if you go to the InkyList.com, we've got our recipe builder, our Ask Inky team are there for you all day, every day. Um, And then, yeah, we're in all Sephora doors and on Sephora.com if you want to go and grab some of the products. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to all future episodes. For show notes and resources mentioned, go to glamandgrow.co. This show is produced by Wavebreak. If you're an e-commerce marketing leader who wants to take your email and CRM program to the next level, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call.